Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Marla Martinson, matchmaker, author of Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker, coach, healer, and podcast host. (laughs) I'm a Gemini. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, maybe there's more than two people in here. I I have so many interests, you guys. You know, do you ever think about, I remember, uh, talking to this one gal who used to be a part of my matchmaking service and and she she was this beautiful gal and and she'd text me or email me every once in a while and say oh do you have anybody for me to go out with I'm bored I'm bored and I thought bored how can you be bored in this life there are so many things to do so many things to learn so many things to see I just don't there's not enough hours in the day I don't uh think I can pack everything in in this lifetime. Actually, I know I can't. Uh, So I'm trying to. And sometimes we end up trying to do too many things and we kind of do them half-assed. But we want to kind of try all of these different things. And I say go for it. Um, And in dating, when you're on a date, it always makes you a lot more interesting. When you have interests and hobbies, uh, I remember a, a guy going out with one gal and telling me, you know, she really has no hobbies, she has no interests, nothing. You know, there's just like nothing there. And I thought, well, how is that possible? But but um, I guess it is. So for all of you uh, witchy women out there, happy Beltane or, you know, happy May Day. When I was a little girl, I remember, oh, making these May Day baskets in school, in grade school, and we'd make with construction paper, we'd make these little baskets with flowers and then we would go and put them on somebody's doorstep and ring the bell and run. And then they would find that little May Day basket. Oh, the simplicity of the 60s and 70s. <laughs> Life was good looking back. It was so simple. But Beltane, uh, I went on this, this uh, website called Wicca Living, and I thought I would just uh, talk about Beltane and what it is. It's, it's really beautiful. Um, it is celebrated today, May 1st. It marks the transition point from spring to summer on the Wiccan Wheel of the Year. And they go on to say, this is a heady time of lust, passion, and fertility, marking the return of vitality to both the earth and the sun. Blossoms on the trees are giving way to robust leaf growth. Young animals are growing into maturity, and the daylight continues to lengthen and strengthen as we move toward the full power of summer. Love and commitment are themes of this Sabbath along with abundance and creativity. Hand fastings or Wiccan wedding ceremonies are traditionally held at Beltane. 
Beltane is a very sensual Sabbat in many Wiccan traditions, celebrating sexual energy and co-creation. Wiccan mythology holds that God and goddess come together in physical union at this time, having reached full maturity in their growth over spring. Their coupling ensures the continued propagation of all life as now the god will be reborn of the goddess after he dies in late autumn. It also symbolizes the coming together of masculine and feminine energies at work in all creation. This is when the goddess begins to step into her mother aspect and the god has almost reached the height of his power. Many pagan cultures have their own version of a festival marking the beginning of summer around this time. The ancient Romans celebrated Floralia, and for many centuries, the eve of May 1st has been known as Walpurgisnacht. It sounds German, huh? In several Eastern European cultures. So in England, the holiday became known as May Day, also here in, in the States, as I was talking about. And one distinct custom in England and elsewhere that has never died out entirely is dancing around the maypole, a tall wooden pole said to represent male virility. Typically, people gather flowers and green branches to decorate the maypole or else use brightly colored ribbons. Many Wiccan groups incorporated this tradition into their Beltane celebrations. I remember that maypole, too, as a kid. Um, Beautiful. uh, It's just a beautiful ritual. Fire is also a big focus at Beltane, so much so that many places host a Beltane fire festival. In ancient Irish culture, from which the name of the Sabbat is, is borrowed, people lit giant sacred fires on this day to purify and protect their cattle from illness. The cattle were driven between two fires to ritually cleanse them and connect them with the sun. It was also considered good luck for people to jump over a bonfire at this time. And this is another Beltane ritual that is also found in Wiccan celebrations. And the word Beltane actually comes from an ancient Celtic word meaning bright fire. So it's highly appropriate to use fire of some kind in your festivities. So if you don't have the means to build a fire, either indoors or outdoors, you can still decorate your altar with images of fire. If you have a little mini cauldron, place it over a few scraps of place over it, uh, uh, or place over place it over a few scraps of red and orange paper for a symbolic fire right on your altar. So that's cool. And that jumping over the fire, uh, the bonfire, that's also a per, um, ancient Persian uh, tradition too for, for the new year uh, for no ruse, which is pretty cool. So I love holidays. They have so much uh, meaning behind them and it's always fun to celebrate. Right. And this Beltane, of course, um, uh, ties into love matchmaking because of the the god and the goddess joining together, uh, the lust, the passion, and fertility. Um, there's a lot of people out there looking for their soulmates. Want to celebrate that? We want to call it in. And I thought I'd uh, talk about that now. I have I have a a inside source on information. What is a soulmate and what is a twin flame? Because we talk about that a lot. There's a lot, you know, you could hear all of these experts, um, dating coaches, matchmakers, um, experts in the field of relationships, uh, psychics, intuitives, 
talking about what that really is, and there can sometimes be some confusion over it. Now, I am a totally mystical woo-woo woman, if you know me at all, and there's something that I do here uh, most Tuesdays in Los Angeles, actually up in Malibu, um, that is super magical. And I'll just tell you about it because I was there yesterday. I was there last night. There is an amazing full trans uh, channel medium named Riz Mirza. And uh, you spell that R-I-Z, Riz, and Mirza, M-I-R-Z-A. And he is located here in L.A. He is a psychic. He's a medium. He's a full trans channel. He's a healer. He's a shaman. And he um, has these things up at his house, magical, old, 100-year-old house up in Malibu, up on a hill. It's called Red Eagle Ranch. And every Tuesday night, and I think every other Sunday, uh, he has something called um, the Circle of Light. And we all go, and it's so magical inside the house, and we all sit around. There could be 20 people. There could be 40 people. I think last night there was about 25 and Riz will come and sit down in front of us, and, you know, the candlelight is glowing, and, and it's so mystical, and he gives a little talk about what channeling is and uh, a little talk about that for people who had, haven't been before. And then he actually, we do this little quick meditation, and he leaves his body, and his spirit guides will come in. Uh, Sometimes one guy, last night a, a guy called Phineas came in and gave a talk. He reminds me of, uh, he's a, uh, Riz's, one of Riz's spirit guides, and he reminds me of a, a man from like uh, Victorian England or something. He has this real uh, posh English accent and the way he holds himself and everything because Riz's face changes, his body language changes, his voice changes, his accent, everything for that guide that comes in and, and, and expresses themselves. And he gave a really interesting talk. And then he left and his main guide, I guess I would I would say main guide because he's the guide that comes in most often uh, and every time at the circles is Red Eagle. And Red Eagle is an Indian chief that lived about 100 years ago, uh, very wise, um, sense of humor, but he's, he never smiles. He's very intense and smoldering. And then Riz's face and uh, changes and his eyes and his, uh, his facial expressions and his body language. And he's just this charismatic, incredible spirit being coming through. And he uh, come, came through and gave a talk about a subject that he wanted to talk about for about 10 minutes. And then he goes on to go around the circle to each person and give them a message from their spirit guides. And you can ask a question or two um, about what you want to want to know about anything. I mean, you can ask anything under the sun. You, you can, there was one magical moment when there was a, a woman that was um, pregnant and he told her uh, that he could give her a message from her from her unborn child, from the soul, from the spirit, which he did. And it was interesting. He said that when a, a, a fetus is in there developing, the soul is not in there yet. The soul's not there. It's out. He says, why would it be sitting in, in there for nine months? It makes no sense just sitting there. It's out there. It's still, you know, doing its work, and then it'll it'll come in. So that was fascinating. But uh, on one, one of the circles, uh, Red Eagle talked about, 
a twin. I asked the question, what is a twin? What's the difference between a twin flame and a soulmate? And we get to record everything, everything on our phones. So I've got it all and I could, I typed it up for you. And it's good to actually know from, from some, from the source who knows, right? So this is Red Eagle's definition of a twin flame. So he says, many people ask for a twin flame relationship, but don't be so sure you want one. Why not relax with a soulmate connection? With a twin flame, you aren't going to really relax. They're going to carve you out of the stone. Some people think that the twin flame is one soul that was split, and then their task is to find each other on the earth plane. That was a question I asked, and actually I said, some pe- I said, you know, some people say that, that the twin flame is one soul that was split, and then their task is to find each other. Now, his answer to that was, and that certainly is a beautiful imagery, and since we are all of the one source creative intelligence of that one source, many, there's many different ways to express from a cell is to what a flame is, to what a star is, to what an atom is. You need visualizations to understand something. What is meant by this is that it is a very powerful mirror. When you have a twin flame relationship, so it will bring up everything inside you until the twin flames find a way to surrender and accept one another. And you don't have to stay with anyone just because they're your twin flame or your soul soulmate. You can recognize it and you can walk away too. And this was very interesting because I'd hear people say, oh, I'm with my twin flame or I found my twin flame and, and, and people would be almost jealous of it, right? You'd think, oh my God, if I could only find my twin flame, how amazing that would be. And I didn't realize that that is the most challenging relationship, and it's not common. And then I asked Red Eagle, well, is Adolfo, my husband, my twin flame? And he said, certainly. And I said, oh, boy. He says, yes, that's why you say, oh, boy, because it was has been a very challenging relationship, very fiery, a lot of pushback, a lot of, um, gosh, just power struggles and uh, we've been together 18 years now, and I thought, what's something at a soul level has to be going on here now? Very interesting because I've been doing a lot of uh, deep healing work with, in shamanic journeys with Riz and Red Eagle, and I've had, done four, and what's happening is things are being cleared out, recalibrated, healed, and uh, things that are changing within me have completely shifted my relationship. And it's interesting because he says it's a mirror and it will bring up everything inside you until the twin flames find a way to surrender and accept one another, which is what's happening with me and my um, Adolfo now. We have surrendered and accepting one another because we both have that, um, well, he has you know, a more of a, a kind of controlling has to be right nature because he wants everything he's kind of a perfectionist being a Virgo and he really wants to make sure everything's taken care of and okay, which will make him seem a little gruff. And then me, I'm just more like, Oh, I'm I'm an air sign, you know, yes, you know, leave me alone. <laughs> so we had to had to um 
work on a lot of that stuff. But but what's interesting is if you in are in a relationship or if you think back to some of your relationships where you had that struggle, you had that conflict, or if you're having that now, it's so easy to blame that other person and say, well, they did this or they're not listening or they're, they've got these issues. But the only person we can heal, change, uh, work with is ourselves. So when we go back, go deep in there and heal ourselves and uh, rectify everything within us from our childhood, even maybe past lives, uh, when we get grounded, cleared, healed, you will notice that that other person miraculously things shift with them too. It's unbelievable. You, it's but but the only person that you can really ask to. Um, uh, do that work is, is yourself and, and it will show up in miraculous ways in every area of your life. Things will, will shift, which is, which is great because if you look at it, over 50% of uh, the population gets a divorce. People are breaking up constantly. As a matchmaker, I'm matching people up and a lot of them are breaking up. It doesn't last because also Red Eagle says earth is a school. He says, haven't you figured that out yet? Earth is a school Every single person you talk to has some pain, some anguish, some issues, some hurt, some frustration. I don't think we could find anybody without that. So uh, the trick, the key is to, to healing that within ourselves. Now, he said soulmate, as opposed to twin flame, a soulmate is something that just goes beyond just romantic connection. It goes beyond just a romantic connection, okay? And by the way, a soulmate does not mean someone you have a good relationship with either. That boss that you hated could be your soulmate. That's why they trigger you in life to say, to hell with this job. I don't want to do, I want to do what I want to do. Hey, so thank the soulmate for coming. They play roles through different lifetimes. So it's also, it's a very, powerful, activating relationship. People say, oh, my soulmate has it too. Yes, but you really, you know, I mean, I'm talking about the twin flame again. Sorry. The twin flame is a very powerfully activating relationship. And and uh, they say, you know, well, my soulmate has that too. But really, you don't want to kill your soulmate. It's more, <laughs> but the twin flame, it, it can happen. That's what Red Eagle says. It's more about when you do deeper examination with the twin flame and it's not about one, it's not about one being better than the other. Like is the soulmate better than the twin flame? It's not better. It's a different experience. Soulmate relationships are not less fulfilling than the twin flame relationship. So, um, but a soulmate, so that, that resonated so much with me when he said, you know, it can be your boss that triggered you and had you say the hell with it. That's exactly what happened to me. And this is my, actually in September is my 10-year anniversary of leaving my J-O-B, my job at a high-level matchmaking firm in Beverly Hills. If you want to read about it, I wrote a memoir called Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker. You can get that on Amazon. And it is quite funny, but it's my journey. I think it's a one-year talks about uh, it's a story chronicling one year of my life as a Beverly Hills matchmaker. But what happened in the sequel, I tell the story, which is called Hearts on the Line, about when I did come to that to that moment where I was like my boss, it was finally where he would 
push my trigger points um, more emotionally, more um, like, you know, uh, this is not the right thing to do. The way he was handling things, handling business, handling clients, I didn't feel it was ethical. And so I basically did say take this job and shove it. And what happened, it was during the recession, 2009, and I didn't have much money in the bank, no prospects. Um, You know, I was like, what in the hell is going to happen here? But uh, what happened was people started calling me and wanting to work with me, and I ended up opening my own matchmaking service very quickly and very quickly. It was a success from the get-go because I was my own boss, didn't have any overhead. Anybody who signed up, I got to keep all the money. It wasn't like the boss kept it and then gave me a salary. I I got to keep it. And I got to live my dream of making my own schedule, getting up what I wanted to, walking 10 feet from my bedroom to my office in my yoga pants. And it was my dream come true. And I really think back because um, there were some things where I could feel animosity towards that boss. uh, But Actually, I thank him. I thank him. I do believe that we are on um, this path. We probably definitely knew each other in past lives. He's one of my soulmates that pushed me to grow, that pushed me to jump off that cliff. I never imagined that I could uh, be a business owner. I was in my late 40s. I didn't know anything really about running a business. Um, I had fear around it. And... um, he, he was the catalyst for that. So I have to say thank you. And the same thing with our past relationships, um, ex-husbands, exes, uh, ex-wives. We've got to look at it, look at them, and look at why we attracted that. Because Red Eagle also says anyone that you're with or we're with is only because you're a frequency match. You are a frequency match with anybody that you're with. So if you're with somebody that's abusing you or you're not happy with, or you're always arguing, um, that's a frequency match. So, but luckily we can we can do some things to, you know, change the frequency, and and learn because it's life is a an earth school. So we look back at those relationships, what they taught us, what what where our frequency and our mind and our heart and what we were doing at the time were at. And we can shift that. So we bless it. We thank it instead of, you know, hating it or holding anger or resentment because if we're still holding on to that anger and resentment in our hearts, in our minds, in our frequency, in our aura, in our energy field, what are we going to – we're not going to attract a great relationship going forward. It's going to repeat that pattern or keep us miserable or alone. So forgiveness. And then um, Red Eagle also talks about every time – uh, he speaks pretty much that I hear him. He talks about gratitude. That is the most powerful thing. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude for everything. Gratitude, you're breathing. Gratitude, just pick anything. And I think the best uh, example of that for me is um, my dog, Macy, who we're just so in love with each other. She, we're just connected, you know, and um, I've had her for eight years. And Red Eagle said she was, I asked, have we been in past lives together? And he said she was my camel in North Africa. I was a Arab man or whatever in the desert. She was my camel. I thought that was so cute. But 
I have so much gratitude for finding her and for having her in my life, as well as my house, my husband and everything. But um, Macy evokes, you know, the unconditional love of a, of a pet. It just evokes so much love and gratitude that flows from me. And I've always had that. I had another dog called uh, Daphne for 17 years. She was a teacup Yorkie, and I felt that same, when I just look at her, think about her, that same intense gratitude and love. And I will say that probably kept my frequency pretty high because um, I've been, you know, an abundance attractor. I really, really, you know, have a great life and and things do flow for me. So I do uh, keep that frequency as high as possible and that's going to help you. So that's just a simple way um, of getting your frequency at a high level. Now, I want to talk about how much time do we have left? Oh my God, we're only we're almost out of time. I can't believe it. This is a half an hour show, you guys. I think I'm going to expand it. I think I'm going to um, upgrade on Blog Talk Radio because uh, half an hour goes by too fast. But I think but I think I can get this in. So from my book, excuse me, your soulmate is waiting. I have this um, these Q and A's, and one of them is if the date was so great, why doesn't he call again? So I want to just read you this. So from my conversations with my male clients, that even a seemingly small thing can be the deciding factor for a guy is whether he'll call again. He might decide against calling after thinking about it for a few days because you wonder, God, why did he call back? We had such a great time, right? For example, maybe the woman was looking around the room too much at dinner and she wasn't focused on him. Maybe she wore too much makeup. Maybe she was 20 minutes late without calling. Maybe she made negative remarks about children and he has two kids. It could be anything. And unless you're fortunate enough to have a matchmaker who can get honest feedback for you, you probably will never know the reason. Um, One time I had a guy decide not to call a woman back because she had a small dog. And he he felt that women with small dogs love their dogs more than the men in their life. Sometimes that's true, right, ladies? Another guy had one date with a woman, went to her apartment afterward, and I swear to God, this is true. This is so funny. And he saw that she didn't have any furniture. Not one stick, he said. He told me that he could not date a woman who did not have furniture because it showed that she didn't have her act together. And yet another guy told me that although the woman he met was sweet and attractive, she had bad oral hygiene, some gum recession, and yellowing of her teeth. He could not picture kissing her. So, you know, when I was dating, I also had a hard time understanding why on earth a man would say he'd call me and then he never did. I remember having dates that were so much fun. I knew that he was having a great time as well. There'd be chemistry. We were kissing and flirting. And then at the end of the evening, he'd say, I had a great time. I'll call you. And I'd say, me too. And I'd be on cloud nine, so excited. I had such a wonderful time with a great guy who wanted to see me again. The next day'd come and no call. Well, I thought to myself, he's probably busy with work. He'll call tomorrow. Tomorrow came and still no call. A week went by and and another and another. Then I finally realized this great guy would not be calling. And I remember an especially hurtful situation in which I dated a guy a few times and then stupidly spent the night with him. The next day he hugged and kissed me passionately and he said, I'll call you tomorrow. I felt very secure and confident. He didn't call the next day or the next. I finally called him at his work. He told me he was in a meeting, and he'd call me back. He never did. I tried once more a few days later. He gave me the same story, and he didn't call me again. I felt like a complete fool. I thought I must have done something wrong or 
something must be wrong with me. But now I know that the reason men say I'll call you upon their exit from the gate when they really have no intention of doing so is simply because for whatever reason they do not feel the chemistry for a long-term relationship with you. But they don't want to hurt your feelings or have an awkward or unpleasant moment. It doesn't matter how good of a time you had or how much chemistry you thought was there. They have a reason and you might never find out what it is but they are just not interested in pursuing you any further. They don't mean to be jerks. It's just that they don't know what else to do. And women do the same thing. They might tell a guy, sure, I'd love to see you again. Call me. But then when he calls, she never returns his call, hoping that he'll get the hint. And I've been guilty of that myself in the past, not wanting to hurt the guy's feelings. If your date doesn't call again, that person is not for you. Simple as that. Chalk it up to a good time and move on. So, ladies, there is a pot for a top for every pot. There is someone out there for you. If you need help, if you need coaching, contact me. Go to my website, marlamartinson.com. I've got a lot of offerings there. Also, I have a free self-love guided meditation. Just put in your email and you can download that. And it's fantastic to listen to and put those um, affirmations into your subconscious. Thank you for spending this time with me. Much love, and until next time, bye, everybody. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.